Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas. 16OZ. Per usual, my name is AJ Kearns. I am your host on this artistically infused adventure. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us here each and every week, wherever you do ingest your podcast, or maybe you're streaming from the website. You can download and share with a friend. However you came here, you're here. Crack a beer, sit back, relax. We got plenty of plenty of goodies for you, so don't go anywhere. We are already up to episode number 19. We're coming home strong, the home stretch of our second 12-pack. Things are feeling good. Everyone's having a good time. Reviews are coming in. Thank you, everybody, who's taking the time. Heading on over to iTunes, leaving us nice reviews. If you haven't done that, hint, hint, you know who I'm talking to. Head on over there. We'd love to get some feedback. And uh, don't be a stranger. Feel free to reach out. AJ, that's me, at 16OunceCanvas.com. That's our website. We'd love to hear from you. Always welcome the feedback. We've had breweries reach out to us asking for recommendations. We've had folks reaching us out via Instagram and Facebook, making recommendations of other artists. We're trying to do something different. We're trying to do something unique here, and we hopefully you are enjoying that process. Hopefully you're having fun. And if you're out there and you're an artist, we thank you for tagging us. We will get to you. We have uh, really excited to people actually want to be a part of this project. It's been very humbling. It's been very fun and just having a great time. So hopefully next time you pick up that beer, that bottle, look at that brewery, look at that cool logo. It takes you a little, a little bit longer. That first sip, you enjoy it. You take a little appreciation for the artists that help bring those beers and breweries to life. Think of it like Frankenstein. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some artwork done. We'll have Frankenstein. Featured. I'm just going at it. But on this week's episode, I'm really excited to bring to you via Louisville, Kentucky, Mr. Robbie Davis. We learned of Robbie's work through Against the Grain Brewery, which is down there in Kentucky. If you don't know Against the Grain then hopefully this will enlighten you or maybe just help move that rock you've been living under. But the way I can learn of them, you know, one of the cool things I think about the beer community is bottle shares. Now, it is good to catch a buzz and drink good beer, but a lot of times it's beers that maybe you can't get, you've traded for. I know that I'm an avid trader. I've met some great people through that. I've been turned on to some different breweries, whether it's throwing in an extra or just, you know, following the, the buzz about things, pun intended. And so it was probably a couple years ago. Uh, it was a great share. Uh, it was done by uh, someone in the local area. And one of the beers that I tried was Bo and Luke, and I was blown away. I hadn't really delved into the kind of that smoked, you know, stout beer and really, really enjoyed it and made an effort to try to get as many of those as I could. You know, traded for a few of them and just really loved it. And on top of it, as uh, someone who you know, grew up watching, you know, Dukes and Hazard, Dukes of Hazard. This spinoff is Dukes and Hazard. They go their separate ways. But, um, no, if you look at the artwork, it's just really great. It kind of you know, fits the, the style of Against the Grain, style what Robbie does. has uh, You know, it's has its imperfections by, by choice. And it's just really, it's just really, it's a great bottle. It's a great beer. It's a great brewery. And so when we finally were able to, to get Robbie to be a part of it, it was really excited for me to have somebody who's designed one of my favorite beers, you know, their label, and they'll share that with you. So it was really a great opportunity to speak with Robbie. Robbie is really humble. He's really, you know, passionate, you know, about Louisville and Kentucky, all the great art and artists down there. You can just tell he's a, you know, central and integral part of the Against the Grain family. 
when we posted the interview on 16OunceCanvas.com with all those images, you know, immediately the breweries, you know, retweeting and send it out there. And we really, you know, love that. It was really nice to see that just kind of the, the pride they had in working with Robbie. So get a chance to, you know, head over to RobbieDavis.com. You can find out more information about him. You can also find him on Instagram, RobbieDavis01. If you want to, you know, go there and follow Robbie Davis, you know, you might see some pictures of a guy and his family, but, you know, he's not the artist. He's not the Robbie Davis. He's a Robbie Davis. How many times in this segment can we say Robbie Davis, Robbie Davis, Robbie Davis? But without further ado, this is episode number 19, Diese Nueve, right here, 16-ounce canvas, Robbie Davis. I'm AJ Kierens, and you are you, and thank you for that, and thank you for being here. Here we go. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas. I'm really excited to have with us Robbie Davis, who's joining us from Louisville, Kentucky. You may know some of Robbie's work from Against the Grain. Uh, really excited. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today, Robbie. Hey, yeah. Glad to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So, like I said, Robbie's uh, checking in from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we learned of Robbie from his work uh, at Against the Grain Brewery. You can also... Go to his website, uh, see all the art, design, and uh, illustrations that he's done at, at RobbieDavis.com. So, so yeah, big fan of your work, been for a while, so it's really nice to finally get to get to talk to you. So, thank again, thank you, thanks again. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to glad to be involved in this project. It's awesome. Pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, it's been really positive, and um, to get to you know speak to people like yourself has been a real privilege. And so again, just as uh, like I said, we. we Robbie and I have been playing tag for a while, and so it just uh, it's it's good to finally be able to lock down some time. So, uh, Robbie, can you, you know, kind of give a little background on yourself as a you know as an artist and a you know designer? Like, how long have you been you know doing it, and just kind of what got you into got you into art? Uh, well, um, I've always been into art. I guess I've been kind of drawing uh, little characters and doodles since I was I don't know ten years old or even younger. Um, so throughout high school, I realized I, I wanted to probably combine art and computers in some, in some fashion. So that led me to pursue a degree in graphic design. So, um, went to a small college in Indiana, uh, got a art, art degree with a focus in graphic design and went into the advertising industry out of school. Um, and really I've been kind of doing that full time since 2006, um, and outside of work, I would do a lot of art shows. So I would do a lot of um, illustrations and characters and set up uh, a booth at different art markets and, and sell prints. Um, and so I don't do that as much now, but that's how I ended up getting in touch with the Instagram guys. That was back in probably 2008 or nine, maybe. Um, and yeah, so still working full time. Um, uh, do a lot of like interactive design at a software development company right now. Um, it's it's a good job. Enjoy it there quite a bit. Yeah, I saw it was. Uh, I, I looked it up before. It was, uh, the something the giant. Uh, yeah, forest giant. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's excellent. So uh, we're. Yeah. So you do app app work with them, and kind of you do like the visual, like the do you do like UX work? Is that what you type of stuff you do? Uh, yeah, yeah, UX, UI, um, a lot of website design, app design, um, interactive experiences, things like that. But um, it's it's a very uh, 
creative shop, but a very tech heavy shop too. So we work side by side with a lot of really talented software engineers. Um, so it's been very uh, rewarding to get to work with those guys and, um, you know, come up with an idea that I'm not able to execute on and collaborate with them with their know-how and we can build some cool things together. So it's, it's a very collaborative thing. That's excellent. Yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely a tech geek at heart. You know, I, when I first started my career, I was in IT, you know, web design, that type of stuff. So I really uh, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate a good good user experience. And it, yeah, so that's pretty fun. That must be fun, especially working side by side. You know, I, I, I did a little coding for a while and uh, at times I, I, I miss it. But I think I miss more like the just kind of being alone, like doing it, doing it yourself and just kind of like being in control of some of this stuff. But I like the collaborative experience. Yeah, I mean, it definitely comes with its challenges, but if you get within the right mix of people and get the right chemics, uh, the right chemistry going, then um, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, exactly. Especially people, you know, if you're with your background and their background, if if there's a good, you know, melding middle point, it, it's kind of it's pretty empowering. Excellent. So. Um, from from the back to your art, you know, work. This is the the question that again. I, I apologize in advance for it if it's a, a painful one. But how would you to describe your your aesthetic? You know, I think that it's a it, yeah. Uh, it's, it, exactly. Good. 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 Yeah. I yeah, apologize. I don't but, know. I guess. I guess um, at least with the against the grain stuff, it's very uh, it's cartoonish, but it has some dark undertones and. So a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor. Um, with the against the grain stuff, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor, but a lot of absurdity as well. Um, really, it's just, it kind of all goes back to, like I was saying, I used to draw a lot when I was growing up, just copying the cartoons that I would watch growing up in the 90s, like the Animaniacs and Earthworm Jim and uh, Booger Man. Um, I don't know if you remember any of those, but those were... I, I would just draw those all the time. So I think a lot of the aesthetic still comes from that stuff, whether it's consciously done or not. But. Yeah. And I think that what you're saying, obviously the work that you do with against the grain is pretty, you know, is, is unique in and of itself. But I mean, like I said, you go to Robbie's website and you can see the professional work you're doing. It's, it shows again, a, a versatility, you know, and it's all, it's all really clean. You know, I, I really like that, that, that you kind of see both sides of that on, on the on the site and just kind of in general, it kind of gives a good impression of your of your versatility. Yeah, and it's like with with my day job being more design oriented and a lot of technology, and you know, you're doing you're uh, solving a problem for someone else in a creative way. There's a lot less personal creative expression in that. So doing the like the art prints and stuff on the side when I would go set up at art markets, that stuff was just for just for pure fun, just because I wasn't getting an outlet to do that stuff at work. Uh, and I just enjoyed to do it. So, um, and then I, you know, lucked out with against the grain and now I can kind of do that for them and, and get paid to do it. But, but it's, yeah, they've been a really awesome client. Yeah. Now, how did you, how did you, you said they, they just kind of saw your work at one of the shows or they, how, how did they come to, to learn of your work? Yeah, I set up, so in Louisville, we have a big art fair called the St. James Fair, uh, Art Fair. And it's, you know, people from all over come to it. And a lot of local artists at the time felt they weren't being represented like they should because a lot of out-of-town artists would come and they wouldn't get a spot because of that. 
so they set up the St. James Unfair, and it's it still goes on. I think they've been going for 20 years now, but anyway, like, it's just, like, anybody can show up and set up an art booth, and, and that's all you have to do, so that I, I did that in 2008, I think, for the first time, and probably did it for three or four years in a, uh, years in a row, and uh, Sam, one of the owners of Against the Grain, his wife was an artist, also set up down there, and I met him probably in 2009 or 10, I think, uh, and he told me that <clears throat> him and some and some buddies were going to open up a brewery, and if I'd be interested in doing some artwork, and I was like, yeah, sure, <laughs> and then uh, nothing came of it, and I got a call from him about one or two years later, and they had started started the brewery back in 2011. So that's that's kind of how that got started. Well, that's excellent. Now, what was the what was the first kind of art that you did for them? For against the grain? Yeah. Uh, we did the logo. So we started with the branding um, and some signage, and then. Then we moved on. I think they had the concept of they were always going to have six styles of beer, like session, hop, dark, malt, whim, and smoke. So, and then they were going to brew different beers that fit those six styles. <clears throat> so we decided to do little characters to represent each beer. And then as new beers come out and they needed like a label, then we would use that same character but put that character in a different environment to kind of play off that and that's pretty much what the brand's built around are those six characters okay now the characters have uh do you name them i mean uh well yeah i mean they're just named after the style so um session hop dark malt whim and smoke okay all right. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty epic. Yeah, my, one of my favorites is the the Bo and Luke. I mean, the beer itself is pretty amazing, but just that label, you know, is great. Yeah, that was the first one we did. Yeah, that was the very first one. Yeah. Yeah, the park right there. Yeah, I think it's great, and I think it's you know, you probably you kind of hint at General Lee without you know getting your ass in trouble with the you know C and D. So <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah, it's a good one. That was a first, first. I think it was one of the first times I ever had a smoked beer like that really kind of just blew me away. It was kind of, so we don't get, we, we get, we get more against the grain now in Connecticut than we, we have in the past. So once in a while, a bottle will pop up here and there, but that's one that, that even just artistically was kind of like, wow, that's like really fucking cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That, that's one of my favorite beers. And I know I'm, I probably sound biased, but I really do think that's one of the top beers out there. Yeah, like I said, it's one of those ones I, I sell a bunch of my beers and I always decide, like, should I keep one or save it for late? And it's, it's really hard. I, I really, I never have those, you know. I'm like, oh, I could really go for one of those. And I'm like, oh, you drank it a while ago when we had people over. So I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to travel out there and get a, try to get some more. Well, maybe I can get, get some and send it up to you. <laughs> you know a guy, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you know the cool thing is, I was just uh, you know we were talking about the prints, and I realized it the other day is you know if you go to Robbie's website, you know you can you can buy some of the artwork as prints, which I think is really cool, and so I think it's really really nice to see that a that they, and also that that the I think it's cool that the brewery lets you kind of sell those too as your own pieces of art, which I think is a nice, shows a nice um, piece of the of the partnership there too. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really cool about 
you know, stuff like that. And um, they've got the prints for sale in their brewery, and I'll put them up on my website also. And if I do art shows around town, I'll usually bring bring some of those for sale too. But now, do you still? I mean, you're, you're very busy. And before we spoke, you know, you said you have a, uh, I believe you said 18 month old, or you know, so you must be pretty. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, she's 14 months. Yeah, about <laughs> to turn 15 months. Yeah, so are you still you know you still doing the art shows or I mean how's your not 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 as much uh, I do I do about one a year maybe there's one there's a holiday art show here in town that I usually set up at every year so that's probably the only one I've done consistently in the past probably three years so yeah full time job and then the against the grain side work and. 15 months old that's about all i can do <laughs> yeah that's if i do my math correctly that's about a good 90 plus hour week right there <laughs> yeah uh, it's uh, yeah it feels like it sometimes i don't know if it quite gets there but it sure feels like it but it's all good it's a good balance like i said it's um doing the um the more creatively expressed or expression stuff on the side um kind of balances out the more analytical problem solving at work so it's good yeah, I would definitely, I mean, the, the corporate stuff, from what I you know, can see, you know, what I looked up at the company, you know, it's definitely kind of uh, extremes, but it, it works really well. It's a good, it definitely seems like a great a great outlet for you. Mm-hmm. And with what you're saying about, you know, Louisville, I've, I've, I have limited experience, but it seems like it's a very uh, creative town. You know, you mentioned the various art shows and that are going on in the different artists in, in, the, in the local area. You know, I, I was just looking at the, the un the unfair you know there's a good amount of folks in that scene so that's that must be really you know positive just to be around that type of type of culture yeah i mean there's there's a a big creative scene here um uh i don't know have you ever heard of creative mornings it's uh like a weekly or a, a monthly morning talk that some cities will um i guess they do like a franchise of it um but anyway it's i think it started in new york um, we've been hosting those here in Louisville now for probably two or three years and they've really taken off. I mean, they, they sell out every month and a lot of, a lot of people show up three or 400 people and, uh, which is pretty big for, for Louisville. But, um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of really talented, creative folks here. Uh, a lot of, a lot of good food, a lot of good music. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the food and music, um, was definitely you know, aware of. So it's great to. Now you are you born and raised in, in, in Kentucky or? Uh, I was born in Indiana, uh, okay. Southern Indiana, just uh, about forty minutes north of Louisville. Okay, but I've always lived in this area. Well, that's great. Now, um, from your process, you know, are you are you hand drawing these and then taking them to the computer? Or what is your kind of methodology? Um, yep, they all they all started as like a really crappy sketch and. Um, I'll usually rough that out fairly quick and send over concepts to the guys at Against the Green and um, just to get their feedback and thoughts on it, show them which which direction I'm thinking. Um, and then from there, uh, if they're good with it, I'll I'll redraw it um, probably two more times before I final before I do the final drawing. And depending on how the label is going to be printed, I'll draw it differently, like the final art differently. Um, so just, uh, as like a little background, like when against the grain, we first started doing labels, we didn't do any cans at all. So all the artwork was just on, on paper, like for bottle labels. So 
there wasn't that much of a limitation on what you could do with like, you know, tones and number of colors and, and shading and things like that. <laughs> Whenever we moved to cans, that had to all be simplified down to six colors. So we had to kind of figure out a different style almost. So there's, if you look at some of the bottle artwork, it's more high fidelity. And if you look at some of the can artwork, everything's simplified somewhat. It still has the same aesthetic, but it's simplified down to like flat color so we could get within that limitation of six colors. So a lot of the illustrations for the cans were all done with pen and ink. Um, so I could, so those could turn into vector art. Um, and I would just, you know, scan the ink drawing in and do everything from that point on in uh, um, Illustrator on the computer. Um, for the raster-based labels, like all the bottle labels, um, pretty much the same process, but I'll use a pencil versus pen and scan that into the computer and do all my coloring and texturing on the computer. Um, recently, I invested in a Wacom um, uh, tablet, um, a Cintiq tablet. So I've been doing some of the uh, final drawings on the on the screen. So it's kind of, uh, you know, it's the same process, but um, the medium in which I execute the final sometimes changes. Okay. How was the, the learning curve from, you know, with, you know, for that going, you know, digital with some of the stuff just from your traditional, you know, work you'd done earlier on, like kind of, I find, I just find it amazing what people who are, like you said, you're always doodling and drawing. At no point when you're doodling and drawing, was it to knowing you'd have to take it onto the computer and, you know, use Illustrator? Yeah. Well, I mean, my my biggest goal is to keep the overall aesthetic of it looking like it was hand done. So even if it does end up on the computer, I, I don't want it to necessarily look like it was made on the computer, if that makes sense. Um, so... I try to give every everything usually you know has a little bit of that imperfect feel like nothing there's things are not symmetrical things may not be straight there's a little bit of you know the shakiness of my hand so i i like all that stuff i want to keep it in there um so with drawing with pencil and ink it just comes naturally drawing on the screen um that's i've had to do a lot of like back and forth with different brushes and textures and things like that to try to you know simulate that that look and I feel pretty good about it so far with the few that I've done that way. Yeah, the that tablet that you're talking about is like I've them that's like the end all like that's like the the Cadillac of uh, I think tablets. Everyone's kind of like I've had a few folks either mention they've just gotten one or they're kinda of like that's my next kind of level of things. So it's kinda of, the more and more I do this I learn kind yeah. of all these like little like, you know, if you're gonna do it, you know, it's the thing that allows I don't know if it's the processing or whatever it is, but it's the closest thing to the natural touch, I think. So that's been really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, I love it. I mean, I'm, it's definitely a game changer going that way. Um, I, at work, uh, one of the girls I worked with, she, she got one and I got to play around with hers at work. And I was like, man, I got to get one of these for my freelance work. So I ended up biting the bullet and picking one up at the end of the year last year. Um, but, however, like a lot of the brushes, I, you know, was telling you that I wanted to try to get brushes that would fill like natural pencil strokes or, you know, ink strokes on paper. And in Photoshop, which is what I usually use, if I, you know, took a pencil drawing in and just colored it, the 
for me personally, I didn't, I wasn't really liking how the brushes worked. So um, a guy that I worked with turned me on to Clip Studio. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Um, used to used to be called Manga Studio. Um, so I started using that, and that's they they do a really good job with all their different brush offerings and just the way they handle like the taper in and the taper out of the stroke, things like that. So it's a lot more flexible if you're going to draw it. If you want like, you know, typesetting tools and things like that, it's definitely not, not the software of choice, but for drawing, it's, it's perfect for me. Yeah. A lot of folks use that for, for comic book and kind of that type of stuff, right? Yeah. Animate a little more animation yeah. type of stuff. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had never tried it until recently. Until recently, but uh, yeah, I like it quite a bit. Right, and then you're on vacation, right? And you probably get to bring that with you, and you're, you can still, you know, draw and have this. You don't have to bring all your brushes and everything in the, in the world with you. It kind of makes it a little more easier to be a little more mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Every I looked up those. They're not. They're not cheap. So I think that's a big investment. So I'm. I'm psyched to see where it's going and more folks being able to use that so it's yeah it's really interesting um those tools are pretty sick uh okay so when you first started started working with them how how was that kind of the bone loop being your first so that you said you're able to, with the the more colors but using the, the like designing for the contour of the bottle or, or now the cans has that how has that been for you just in terms of what you're trying to design you know, looking at it, you know, the different panes of the, of the, either the bottle or the, the can has that, was that, how was that process for you? Um, like, like how, just kind like of, yeah, like, for different, different yeah, shape yeah, uh, yeah, containers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when they started, they, we were only doing 750 bottles and let's see, they did 650 bottles too. I think it was just those two. Um, so, I mean, the labels were pretty much, they're pretty similar in size. I think the the 750s, we did like a 5 by 7 label, and the, the 650s were a little smaller. But uh, I guess to answer your question, like, I would get the physical bottles in hand so I could have those to, like, do mock-ups with. And I would, I would usually make myself a template, you know, like, I would, um, you know, print off the label, stick it on the bottle. Um, and then try to make make guides so I can know like how much of my canvas am I going to see when the bottle's on the shelf. So let me design my illustration to fit within that that area, um, and just put some guide marks on the template, and then do a lot of pencil sketches within those boundaries. Um, sometimes I would sketch with a label with a piece of paper uh, taped to the actual bottle, but usually I would just get my template set up and then just sketch on on paper like on my desk but early on you um and then you'd put the paper around the bottle and then use that like just to literally be the then from there be like your template for the future that you did so you'd know where the parameters were where things would fall yeah so i set up templates for um any any bottle shape that we were doing so now so now whenever i do another one um i know where i want my artwork to go and where, where the boundaries are where things should bleed and not and all that so I don't have to do that every time. It was mainly if I get a new a new container shape, then there's a lot of back and forth setup of that template to to get things set up the way I want it, and then I'll use that to do my sketches on for any any label that we put in that container in the future. 
so so with cans with cans it's very similar i mean it's just a full wrap um and uh, i personally like doing the cans more because you've got so much more real estate to work with on the can um however there are limitations with colors so there's some give and take now you say there's more more to work with now how, how if the bottles are bigger is it just that the amount just the bottle itself is bigger but not the the label is that why you say you have more more to work with um, yeah, yeah. Even on like a 750 bottle, the label size might be five by seven ish, something like that. Um, but on a 16 ounce can, it's it's quite a bit bigger. I mean, it's probably another inch taller and maybe an inch or two wider, maybe. Um, so yeah, you've got a lot more room to work with on a can. I never. Would, yeah, I guess I never think. I mean, I guess since a lot of the times the bottles too are almost two labels too. They're not. A, it's very rare to see a full wrapped label on a bottle. Yeah. So well, with against the, the grain, we never ones, use yeah. a neck. Yeah, we never use a neck label or a back label on the bottle. So, if if we ever did that, that would probably provide the same amount of real estate as it can. But. And we are back. I know you missed this, folks. There's part one of Robbie Davis against the grain brewery. Louisville, Kentucky, RobbieDavis.com. I really like the consistency and the themes. That's one of the cool things when you kind of really dive in with the artists that we've seen is when they have different styles or themes they try to bring to the beers, and they're subtle. Well, obvious, but you just think, oh, okay, it's a label. You don't put two and two together. But when you look and you see that they have the different you know characters um, who just named out the style, you know, Session, Hop, Dark, Malt, whim and smoke you know we put those up on uh, the featurette with robbie it's just really cool to think about that that they're kind of these characters that are living you know throughout the different labels and going through different experiences so i really like that you know we saw that with kind of the work that uh, david paul seymour does even you know jason burke that they're kind of the artists are living kind of in this similar world and it's just really kind of cool to think that they're all connected if this was a, a movie montage, we'd have Fievel from American Tale and just be, you know, underneath the same bright sky. Is that people Bryson? I don't know. Anyway, back to back to the knowledge here. You're listening to 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast, Robbie Davis, episode number 19. Now that, again, that's 19 more episodes than we thought would be possible. So I want to take a moment to thank everybody who's been a part of it. We've had 19 amazing artists. We're going to go straight through to episode 24, and that's really incredible. And like I said last week, we already have our next third, our third 12-pack already signed up. So they've already agreed. All the lawyers have gotten together. All the red tape has been cut. No, that's a cool thing. It's just kind of artist. It's one-to-one, direct, no bullshit, just a lot of fun. But we'll just kind of recap who we have coming up. Sandy Plunkett from Jackie O's. Alex well, uh, Peltz, excuse me, who's done work with Hill Farmstead. Peter Wayno from Pipeworks. Lauren Grimm of Grimm. Tim Botchin of Side Project. Vincent Sapthu from Valhalla in Amsterdam. Jake Alexander from Cellar Makers. Carl Grandin from Omnipoyo. Really excited about that one. Kevin Kimo uh, from Trillium. Another great one. Really happy to have. Nick Gamma. Hops and Branding, some great stories with Nick that we're going to get into, so we don't want to spoil that one for you. Matt Sharper, 350 Brewing Company, he's been amazingly supportive. Really excited to, to speak with him and just kind of 
continue to brainstorm how we can make this project even better. BJ Wheatley from Raw Brewing. So that's already our third 12-pack. I got a handful of artists who've agreed to do a fourth 12-pack. But some of them have my mind blown already, and I don't want to share, you know, I don't want to kind of, you know, spill too much until we get that locked up. So look for a press release probably in the next week or so. I am recording this one down at the beach, so I do apologize for the delay in that. But, you know, family first, beer second. If you can have your second beer with your family, it's really great. But priorities. Anyway, 16-ounce canvas. You can check us out, 16OunceCanvas.com. You can check us out on the Instagram. Use the hashtag pound sign, tic-tac-toe-160z canvas, the 16-ounce canvas. The ID behind that is the new love present company included of this 16-ounce can, the pounder. Really kind of just taking it to a new level and giving a little extra surface area, a little extra work for the artiste. And so that is where the, the name came from. And uh, if you're using the hashtag out there, we do appreciate it. Keep in touch. Twitter, we're really making an active go at it, trying to be more involved in the Twitter community. Some great folks out there, as well as Facebook and Instagram. So thank you so much. We're continuing to grind out here. Coming up next, this is I, we started the second segment right on this part on purpose because while I think they make, you know, I think Bone Luke is one of my favorites. I think it's a pretty iconic can. I would say there's another can made by Against the Grain that is equally famous slash infamous depending on where you're coming in on the spectrum here. So we thought it'd be really great to, to talk to Robbie about that. And it's really interesting. So two grown men talking about this subject. It's definitely interesting. We'll leave it at that. So I don't sort of kind of a little, little teaser there. If you can guess what the can is, high five. I got nothing to offer you because you have to wait about 12 seconds and find out. But again, you're listening to episode number 19, Robbie Davis. 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. AJ here as usual. Enjoy. Cheers. Salud. Now, I have to ask about one of the ones that's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it, the brown note. That's probably one of the most infamous or, you know, kind of uh, conversational pieces that you've probably ever done. Um yeah. How, how is that? I mean, if, if folks don't know what the brown note is, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, for me, musically, the brown note is, I think they say that you know, a bass note can be so low that it can make you, I guess, for lack of a better term, shit yourself. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that relates. <laughs> I don't know how that relates to the, the beer. It is a, it is a brown. Um, and um, it's a, it's the, the malt guy in his, uh, in his tidy whiteies. And so you, there's a couple, you know, we'll just kind of leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, how did that come together? Like, how 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 was that discussion? We're gonna, you know, hey Robbie, we got this this beer. We're gonna was the name beforehand, or did you just kind of run with it? Uh, the name was definitely beforehand. All all the names are already decided for the most part, I think, before we do the artwork. Um, so I had the name, and th- this was also one of the first ones we did. And I think I think we just did. I think I did a couple of concept sketches and sent it sent it over to the guys and. One of them was more out there, and it was, uh, like you described, it was the malt character. Um, he's also an amputee, and um, he is, you see him from his back backside, and he's wearing tidy whities and there's a big shit stain on, on his pants. So uh, that, I, that was just kind of like an idea we threw out there, and uh, they they liked it, so we, we just ran with that. And it's definitely been a beer that gets probably... You know, it's it's polarizing, I guess. People either 
you know, love that one or they hate it and they won't buy it because of the art. But it's funny because if they, if they do hate it a lot, they will, you know, if you look on Instagram or, you know, social media, you'll see people uh, dogging it saying they don't like it, but they're talking about it. So something's working. Yeah. I mean, I've, um, I haven't, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't bought it, but I've had it. It's good. But like, it's just like, yeah. Um, and what I like too, again, if we're, it's, it's subtle. I mean, it looks like he's shitting himself currently, like not just the stain. And I, this is a weird conversation we having with two grown men, <laughs> two grown men, but like the, using the background color and way it lays out, like, I think it kind of, kind of gets around, you know, what's going on there too. I think it's a good way to, you know, kind of as a visually like a trick, you know, if you look at it from afar, it looks like it's not a post shit. Oh, yeah. It's like in process. But um yeah, now was that was that one I know there's like there's some of the you know the advisory boards or whatever you have to pass the label to get approved. That must have been a you know I'm so it's a impressive they they were so open minded to let that one go through, which I think is a it's a good good testament to that I guess. Uh I, I think they probably I think they denied that one. They've denied like so I forget the guy's name. I think his name used to be or was the captain maybe or I forget, but he, he worked at the TTB, which is like the government regulation that has to approve all this. And he was notorious for just denying every single label that we ever sent in always. And we'd have to make a change. And a lot of times it would be like a change in wording or something. But, um, you know, I don't, I think with the brown note, we may have had to, we may have to have changed some, some of the, oops, some of the text, um, but the artwork, I don't know, either they approved it or we just went ahead and did it anyway. I can't remember. We definitely went ahead and done it anyway. In some cases where we knew it wasn't going to be a long-term production. Um, but yeah, I've, yeah, a few folks have said that. It was kind of like, well, we knew this was kind of on the edge, but we knew it was maybe a one or two off. And so it was just, you know, we just kind of went with it for, for posterity's sake. Yeah. yeah we've had, there's been some labels where we've, uh, we actually got these little like half inch stickers printed that just say rules are rules. And if they're, we've used them on a couple different uh, labels, I think, but for whatever reason, it didn't pass. Something that had to be censored. So instead of redoing the artwork, we would just put that sticker on top of the area, kind of a stab at the TTB a little bit, but um, also just to be able to use what we've already made. Yeah, I think it's good because then, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, there's been different, you know, was the the Black Crows album that was like that, and, and even just, uh, I spoke to the, the the art director at Founders, and they had, you know, their breakfast out they couldn't they couldn't sell that with the baby on it in like michigan that was like the only state that had like in their home state so they had to make us oh really they, they had to make, yeah because something with i think it's some sort of law where you can't have children selling alcohol like a used to promote alcohol so they had to take the baby off of it and they made like a, a michigan only label and it basically was like like have you we have like the baby's missing and they set up like a hotline or something it was pretty funny huh that's funny. Yeah, we haven't we haven't run into any like uh, specific state issue yet, but I don't know. Maybe that will happen sometime. Hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah, let's not jinx it. Let's not jinx it. Let's just uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I'll be like, oh, that fucking interview you did there, Robbie. You got us in a lot of trouble in uh, Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, yeah, I hope not. Yeah, yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, we always abide by the TTP rules. 
exactly and i yeah i i like the yeah like uh i just like the the labels in general i think that the the cartoon nature of it and the repeating of the characters coming back i just i don't know i think that when breweries make a conscious choice to have you know make the labels be more than just kind of okay beer a with this hops and abv i think it just says a lot about the the character of the folks who work there i definitely feel the guys you know they have a good time and they you know work hard play hard type of stuff and i, I really mm-hmm. i really i really admire that because i mean at the end of the day it's beer and it's a lot of hard work that goes into it so when it when you finally release it i think to have some fun with it you know i think that's really uh complimentary yeah yeah and we we yeah and we and even the the, the collaboration stuff you know i know the um the one you guys did with Hope Hearted, I really like the the can art work that you did for that. You know, we 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 interviewed their their artist, and you know, they had really nice things to say about you know against the grain. So it was kind of nice just to to see that you know it wasn't just a good beer. So that was cool to see. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I really uh, like their beer a lot. They were down here in Louisville for a beer fest in October, and uh, I found myself going back to their tent uh, multiple times. <laughs> Good stuff. Excellent. Now, with the, yeah, how does that work? I love their artwork too. Yeah, right. Yeah, Tom Lesnar. We interviewed him. He's uh, he lives in my mm-hmm. from Philly. He's a really good guy. Now, how does that work with the collaboration yeah, stuff? Yeah. Like, have you had the opportunity to, to collaborate on the artwork, or is it depending on where the the beer comes out? Um, who gets you, no. Usually, usually it's just um, the like the breweries will do the collaboration, and then. D- depending on which brewery wants to handle the art and, and own that, then they'll do it. So, so far I've never collaborated with another artist on a label. Um, it's always been, but I mean, I'm open to that, but it just hasn't worked out that way yet. Um, you, usually it's more of, you know, we collaborated on the beer and against the grain is going to handle this label and you guys handle, handled, you know, the other one that we did. So we've done some with Stillwater like we've done some with Stillwater where we've done a take on their beers and they've done a take on the Get to Grain beers. And they've always um, used their artists to, to, you know, do, do the label for their take on our beers and, and vice versa for us. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We have, that's uh, Michael Van Hall. We've, yeah, we interviewed him. Who's in, well, when you're listening to this, it'll have been episode, uh, carry the one episode 13. So yeah, he does Stillwater. Okay, and, now cool. he, and now he does, uh, also work with Aslan out of Virginia. So he does, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's one of the few artists I've met that does, you know, more than one brewery. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Like, I don't know all the brewers, but I know more of the artists, like from the brewers now than I've probably ever thought I would, yeah. which is fun. No, I think it would be, I think it would be fun to do, to collaborate with another um, artist on a label. Uh, it would definitely would take a lot of communication to to make it work, um, depending on the aesthetics of the styles. You know, trying to get the two to match or or to fit in together in some way. But uh, I think it would be fun. Yeah, I think yeah, I think for aesthetic wise, to to go back to our awful question, yeah, I think that you and you and Tom would I think hit it off pretty well with your aesthetics. You know, and then yeah, try, trying to trying to assimilate with. Um, you know, with the Stillwater, which is a little more um, fine art modernism. You know, so I think that would, I think that would mm-hmm. that would be a little mm-hmm. more diff- difficult. You know, or maybe have like yeah, that part it would be a good one. Yeah, would be a good one to try that on. Uh, I think just from a brewery standpoint, those guys seem to have 
a lot of the same uh, Hello? that would be a good fit for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, we dropped for a yeah. second, but yeah. Yeah. I think kind of there's, especially with like, you know, the brown note and just kind of the edginess of the, of the labels, you know, kind of that, like, this is how we're going to do it. Not that we like the, almost like we don't give a fuck. Not like, not to be like a disrespectful kind of way, but just kind yeah. of like being passionate about what you do. I mean, they're called hoof hearted, you know? So it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? So it's just kind of that, yeah. that, that style, which I, I think is cool to see. There's a few others that we've, we've spoken to that have that culture. So we were really, really cool to see. Awesome. Now, which, so you said your favorite beer from, from, um, against the grain is the bow and Luke. Um, it's definitely up there. I like that one a lot. Um, I like the, the Rico and the Citrus down. Those are two, both really good IPAs. Um, and then, uh, the 70 K is also one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. That that was cool. Cause I had the 35 K to see that. And yeah, I think the Citrus down was one of the first ones I remember seeing you guys that was in the cans. That was kind of, I think that was when the kind of the the can explosion took off and it was like, oh, okay, like I can now get this in a, in a can. I, I like that one a lot. I mean, I love Citra hops yeah. in general. And so it was just nice to, to see. And the, the name was pretty, pretty smooth too. Cool. Yeah. That was one of the first ones we ever did for the bottle. And that was the first can we did. But, um, like I was saying earlier though, like a lot of, a lot of those, the artwork on those original um, bottle beers like Citra Down and the Brown Note and those all had to be, the art had to be redone for the can. So you you might go and see a bottle of, if you find it still, I don't know, you might see a bottle of Brown Note or a bottle of Citra Down and it's the same artwork, but it's very, um, it's much more high fidelity. There's more like pencil shading and things like that. And then, so the, the version of it on the can is very simplified. Okay, so then, so the bot, so the bottles all still hold the original, or was it easier just to go with now this new kind of low fidelity or more low res versions? Did did you kind of just replace them all, or the bottles get the the more detailed and the cans get um, the, the six color limitation? Uh, it's kind of a mix still uh, right now. I think if if we know the the beer will never go to can, it will only be bottle, like a lot of the barrel aged stuff then then we'll do um the more high fidelity style for the label um but if it's going to go on can then we'll usually do the more simplified version of it okay um now with the yeah the kentucky the kentucky ride chicken there's the you know the, some of those came out with the the feathers around the top whose idea was whose idea was that uh that was sand against the grain uh he was like, what do you think about tarring and feathering the, the bottle next? <laughs> I was like, man, I mean, I liked it. So yeah. we, uh, we did it. Those, yeah, those were pretty cool. Yeah, I think they were kind of a mess and like a huge headache to keep up with. And and I think by the time they ended up showing up at the at the different bottle shops, a lot of the feathers had fallen off. So they looked like, a, a, you know, a plucked chicken. But that kind of fit into the aesthetic of the label anyway. So we kind of ran with it. Um, but they did that for, I don't know, maybe six months, something like that. And then, then we ended up just doing like a, uh, like a neck, uh, capper for it. Yeah. Cause I, I, logistically thinking of trying to set that up must've been a major pain in the ass. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I think they had a guy that would that was his job for a while. He just had the tar and feather bottles. <laughs> oh, like a hazing process. Yeah, you're the yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the chicken feather guy. It's like what? Like what do you do? What did you, what did you do today at work? Oh, I tarred and feathered a bunch of beer bottles. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Must have been pissed at you that day, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Now, um, when you're when you're creating, how does you know? Do you have certain music? What's the kind of the the scene? Like, are you a music guy? Or are you a kind of relaxation, kind of quiet person? What's the what's the Robbie uh, Davis setup like? Uh, yeah, it's a mix, I guess. I definitely. We'll usually have music on. Um, a lot of times it's kind of background music, but um, man, here lately I've I listened to a lot of podcasts and I listen to um, there's a radio program called American Roots R O U T yes, uh, and it's it's just like um, I don't know. It's kind of themed week to week, but a lot it's an it's an eclectic mix a lot of it's like southern um like americana southern roots type stuff like old stuff from the 30s and 50s and 70s and just all kind of all over the place but it's an eclectic mix of music that i I may not have gotten exposed to elsewhere um so i'll listen to that um just more as, as background music and and um yeah i'm trying to think yeah, just kind of all over the place, really. I don't. It's hard to describe like what genre of music I like because I like a lot of them. But what kind of yeah? What um, kind of what kind of bands like? What are the bands you listen to? We just the reason I ask is we usually try to. Well, I used to my former life do some radio work, and then I always um like to try to tie it all together when we do the your episode, so we can put some uh, okay. music, music over it. So yeah, I don't want to. Uh, well. I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. All right. Uh, that would be my probably num- my number one artist. But um, yeah, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of. I've definitely went through like a, a Woody Guthrie phase. Also, um, I still go back to that quite a bit. It's a good phase to um, have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I listen to a lot of. Uh, my morning jacket this morning. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I've, I've I've listened to a lot of podcasts more more recently, so I'm kind of drawing a blank on. No, that's okay. Yeah, me too. I've, I've, I've uh, um, but yeah, know, I did. You know, like uh, S Town and a few of those other ones that were. I like those ones as well. Yeah, like that's one I just finished. Actually, it was S Town. That was crazy. Yeah, was yeah. that was yeah. That was uh, I did, yeah. not, did not see that coming. Yeah, so that those are the types of things I've been listening to more lately. But oh, nice. Well, that's yeah. I'm definitely uh, they definitely come in handy. I, I like those a lot. Uh, let's see though. Um, I did. I read a post about let's see. It was Hunter S. Thompson, and he um, he had suggested his his top ten records of the '60s. So I ended up looking like looking up some of those, and so I've been listening to those here lately, but. Uh, one of them was Miles Davis, uh, sketches in Spain. Right. I think, uh, sketches of Spain and there's a Herbie Mann, Memphis underground. Um, and then the grateful dead working man's dead. Um, been listening to those a lot lately, but you know, 
So you're kind of, you got like an old salty, like a little old Americana, like throwback roots type of stuff, so, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to describe it. Nice. Yeah, and I, I and then you were just talking about kind of Spain and Europe, and I was, we have mentioned a cool thing, one of the cool things I like is also your, your Instagram where you show some of your sketches, like before they become, uh, yeah, before they become finalized. And so that's Robbie uh-huh. Davis, zero one. Whoever Robbie Davis plane is, we're coming after you know. So, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like some 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 random dude and his like family. No, no offense, buddy, but yeah, this is kind of funny. I was just like, I was I was like, oh one. I'm like, who the hell's playing Robbie Davis? And it's just like some you know, you know, middle aged yeah, dad with his kids. It. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm always like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I think and it's really cool. There's a new and just kind of how you describe it, kind of like their their doppelgangers of the, the kind of the European versions of the of the against the grain family characters so i think that was really cool there's a you know a couple of those that are up there has them at the like i believe like the grand canyon and just some and then in new york city kind of just like super american tourists going for it so I really, yeah I, I really dug those yeah those are those are part of a collaboration series that we're doing with frygeist out of germany and um hopefully the, there will be more of those because we've kind of we kind of set up the concept of where those could uh, grow over time, but we'll see how things go. I think uh, last I heard, we might do like maybe five a year, potentially. Um, I might be wrong on that, but um, so the first two, yeah, it's uh, the against the grain European doppelganger characters, and they've all come to the States to uh, see all the sites. And they have a tour guide, her name is Tori. And she is modeled after a, a girl that lives here in Louisville that owns um, a bar and bottle shop that she's very well traveled. She's been to Europe many times. And so they, they wanted to model that character after, after her as the tour guide, because in real life she could, she could be that tour guide if she wanted to be. Um, so anyway, the concept is they all, they all come to the States She's giving them tours of Ellis Island and the Grand Canyon and so on. And then over time, her facial expressions will change from bottle to bottle as she becomes more and more frustrated and panicked by dealing with these characters that are, that are just out of control. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I think it's great. There's, yeah. There's a little Tory video up on the site too, right? I mean, on your, on your uh, Instagram page, which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Now does she, did she know that you guys were doing that? Did she, did she take it as a compliment? Uh, you know, I don't personally know. I think uh, Sam and and the guys from Against the Grain. I think they probably spoken to her about it, but I I couldn't say one way or the other. Honestly, um, I would I would imagine she probably knows. That's so. Do you have other? What what are the landmarks you're thinking? There's that's got to be fun, right? You got to think like just to kind of go extreme, you know, extreme tourist on all these little locations. It must that must be kind of a fun concept to be you know brainstorming about. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, the against the grain guys came up with the the first two, so I think depending on the beer style and 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 what the beer is, then I think they'll assign a location to it. Um, so um, I think the plan is just all the major like touristy spots. If you come to America, you've got to see these things. So. Oh yeah, the DC ones. Probably yeah. Yeah, DC. Ones. Yeah, they're probably gonna be like a, yeah, DC, Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 we'll the, the, yeah. I hope that series goes well because the possibilities there are endless. And I, I like the 
If you haven't seen, like I said, go to Robbie Davis zero one on Instagram, and you'll see it coming to to market soon. But I, I, it's a subtle piece of it is the longitude and latitude of it. I think that's a nice little touch. Ah, uh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and like I said before, you can see some of the sketches and kind of the early um, you know workings of some of it. But just to see the the early uh, coloring of of the the Ellis Island one is just kind of I always I always appreciate it when the artists you know let let everybody in you know some folks just really want it to be the the final product and kind of just not show the process but i think just for anyone who is an artist is to see how you got from point a to point b is really cool the the, the composite sketches and the, the blocking of the color stuff i think it's really so thank you for sharing that yeah with us. oh yeah i'm happy happy yeah that's a good example of the the initial sketch that would be would be sent over for approval so it's it's really crappy if you look at it, but it's really, really, really loose, really quick. Um, just again, kind of get the overall composition and concept down. Um, and then from that point, it's probably redrawn two or three times before it's done. Um, that's just, that might be weird, but that's just the process I've always done is I'll kind of clean up line work and make curves better and things like that. So you usually draw it like three times to, to get to that point where I like it. Now, your your tools your for pen and ink work what is you the the pen that you post with your photos um it's looks pretty distinct is that a certain brand that you have kind of warmed to or that's that you always use when you're sketching like uh like a pencil no yeah is that is it it a pencil is that what Uh, it is yeah it's a mechanical pencil it's i like it a lot it's got a good weight to it but it's just a uh, Graph Gear 1000 by Pinto, and um, I've been using it for a long time. But I like to use that to sketch with, and then for for inking, I'll just use um, just Microns. Cool. Yeah, we'll get you some. We'll get you some free uh, some pencils out of it. So hopefully, we'll we'll send them the links and get them the, the little sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When people tell me how much some of those cool. things some of those things cost, it's like, oh wow, that's fucking that's a lot of cash. Yeah, this pencil—it probably cost twenty bucks, but definitely probably the most expensive pencil I bought. But yeah, right. Um, I've had it—I've had it for years, and it works well, and I like it still. So it was money well spent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, like I said, you know, I—I I really like that. I like your aesthetic. I like your your design, and um, I, I just—I really like the the fact that you're showing the different phases of the process, and you can see all the different cans and sketch work that you're doing so i really i do appreciate you know that you're that you kind of make yourself open and available to to people to see that part of your your craft it's not just kind of a finished finished product so it's really nice to see oh cool thank you yeah especially like if for, for folks who are a fan of the you know of the against the grain stuff you can see a lot of this stuff in its you know early infancy you know, kind of where it was and even just kind of some of the process for the different prints that you have out there and like i said check out robbie davis you know, dot com is who's the character with the the eyeballs out? He's kind of like your icon. You know, he's one of your your early, early sketches. Your self portrait. Oh, your, it's, it's mine. Yeah, it's a self portrait. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did or we we did a doodle or die um, daily doodle challenge. Um, it's probably been a couple years ago now, but uh, it was just a monthly challenge, and we came up with a different word for each day, and the first first day was portrait so that was the doodle i did for that but no who did you who did uh, you do that contest with it wasn't really a contest it was just um 
just a creative exercise, you know, like to just just for fun, really. Um, I did it with a couple of guys I worked with. Um, we just threw out some hashtags and, try, you know, a lot of people jumped in and participated with it. But um, I think we only did it, we did two different instances of it. So we did one one month and we took a couple months off and did another one. Um, and I think those were the only two we've done, but i like to do another one. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, it's cool. There's a, the letterpress print on your site, which is that, I assume it's off of that. I'm not sure if it was of that one, but of yep. that concept. And I really, I think it's really, it's really cool. So that's good to hear the story about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that print, this is a collection of my favorites from both of those two challenges. So. Yeah. And one of the, the cool things I like is that it has the note that it fits in the standard Ikea frames, which if you're out there buying frames, you, <laughs> you can always get a good deal on an Ikea frame, but you can't always get a piece of artwork that fits properly. It's like a, it's like an inch or two off from the normal, you know? I don't know, man. It's so frustrating. We've got, I've got so many poster prints at, at home that I've just haven't framed or probably never will frame because I'll have to get a custom frame made for them because they weren't designed to fit a standard, you know, frame size. Right. Yeah. You go and I can't, you're like, Oh, this is great. It's only eight bucks. And you're like, this will fit this. And you go home and it's like, no, fuck. It doesn't fit that right. Yeah. You know, it's like, then yeah. you have to go to some place and buy your own. Yeah. I always in my head, I'm like, oh, I'll just buy the matting. I'll do it all myself. And I have all those tubes and cones in my basement. And they're like, yeah. I think one, one, maybe like once or twice a year, I'll like splurge to get it. I'll, I'll find like a deal and I'll like go and bring it, but it's just, it's just, it's just pricey. Yeah. And uh, somebody's art, you know, and somebody's really good at it, but it just kind of three or $400 to get something to put on my wall. It's kind of hard, hard pill to swallow. With that said, I'm probably, I'm looking at your website. I'm thinking, oh man, I gotta, I'm going to buy some of these. So I'm probably going to hopefully, hopefully they'll fit an Ikea frame. So I buy it, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, they all fit. They all fit in standard frames. <laughs> I gotta say, no, I, I, honestly, I probably, I, I, that's huge. I don't think most folks think about that. I mean, that's what you're already making something. So, we've been talking about IKEA frames and grown men and their undies shitting themselves. So, I think it's been a, it's been, it's, <laughs> it's been a pretty uh, full spectrum of, uh, of discussion. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dylan's back on tour. So I think you should definitely. Uh, we were just talking about that last night. He's coming to local areas. So we might go check him out. Uh, is he? Yeah. I like to go see him. I went to see him a few times, but uh, I have to go see him again. Yeah, I'm can't understand a word he says anymore. But right. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm torn. Like, I'm torn, like, to cross it off the list or just like, but like, is it really that? Is, I don't know. Like when I'm when I'm that old, like is that really going to be the best representation of you know? If we were doing this interview when I was 85, and it was like, oh, and, 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 you know, I don't know, I don't think yeah. I don't think it'd be the best. But but still, I mean, he's a smart dude, and he writes great songs, and he's got a a band I heard is pretty kick ass. So I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm back yeah, his band him. his band is good, but yeah, I mean, just to see the legend in person is, I mean, the his music. He's not going to sing it like he used to, but. Uh, just to see him in person is pretty cool. Every time I've seen him, yeah, and it's, it's sometimes it's bigger than bigger than the performance. It's the the songs and the stories and the you know what he's trying to share with people. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. You might have you might have twisted my arm a little bit, so I think I might I might have to pull the trigger, <laughs> pull the trigger on that one. Yeah. Well, I, I thank you so much, Robbie, for for making the time. I really 
like I said, I'm a big fan of what you're doing, and I really dig your your style and you know just you know the the cleanliness and then the the edgy stuff with against the grain. So I really think it's a really versatile, and I, I love that one. You know, kind of the behind the scenes stuff of how you know how you bring it to life. And so I just wanted to just really thank you for for making the time available to be part of this. Oh yeah, I'm happy to. Thanks thanks a lot for the chat today, and I'm glad to be involved in in the podcast project. It's going to be cool. Yeah, especially with this, someone who's a advocate, you know, a, a big podcast listener. I'm glad to load you up on there. So, I mean, obviously you've probably listened. To all, <laughs> obviously, you're listening to all the episodes. You know, 16 ounce canvas on iTunes. Oh yeah. But um, oh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, we'd love to. Hopefully, you know, maybe we we'll get you and Tom to to create collaborate on something. We'd love to love to see that. And for everybody, you know, scoring at home, RobbieDavis.com. You can get some of those great prints, and um, we look forward to you know maybe cracking a bow and loop together in the future. Oh well, yeah, that'd be fun. All right, excellent. Well, thanks, thanks again, Robbie, and uh, we'll be in touch. And again, uh, we'll just keep doing what you're doing. It's it's great. I, I really uh, really admire it. So thanks so much. All right, thanks, AJ. All right, talk to you soon, man. Uh, get some sleep when, right. when, whenever possible. It's a fatherly life lesson. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Four hours. Four, four hours is pretty much. If you can get four hours, you can do a lot with four hours. I, I've come to learn. So, man, four hours. Yeah, I need more than that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Five, oh yeah. Good. You need four hours. You need more than that. I'm just saying. There's gonna be yeah. a good period of time where you're not gonna get more than that. So you, you might be. You might yeah. be. You might be the the lights coming out of the tunnel though at that age. So. <laughs> uh, hope so. No, it's, it's been good. Yeah, it's good, especially as an artist. It gives you um, a new perspective on on things. I think you things you probably see all the time you took for granted, but then you said like going with your daughter, seeing the brewery really kind of like puts it all, brings it all full circle. Yeah. Yep. Sure does. All right. Well, go and go enjoy the rest of your day and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks so much, Robbie. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Cheers. Bye. Guess we're done. We're not back. We're done. Dishes are done, man. Thank you for listening to another episode. You have been, you are, and you will be listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. This was episode number 19. You know what that means, folks, that next week we are going to be hitting up episode number 20. I don't know if you're more excited about the artist or to learn some new Spanish, but we'll keep that for you. Next week is Lisa Sotero. She is an independent artist and illustrator that we came to learn about from the lovely state of Connecticut, my current home base. Uh, Lisa does some great bird work. Bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. Over for Stony Creek here in Connecticut. Miss Heron, she does some great work, so make sure you check that out next week. But this was the Robbie Davis, the one and only, the essential Robbie Davis interview. Not to be confused with plain Robbie Davis, this is Robbie Davis 01 on Instagram. But you can check him out at the .com, RobbieDavis.com. Do what I did, head on over there, pick yourself up some prints, maybe one of your favorite labels or designs from Robbie. And they are all Ikea frame friendly, which I think is just great. One of the reasons I picked up more than one, just so that I knew that I'd be able to hang it up. And I'll have to get a rare 13 by 26 and a half frame with angled sides and oblong shapes. Now, folks out there who 
do framing and matting and all that artwork. I'm not trying to piss you off. You do amazing work. I just can't afford it. So, anyway, you have been listening to 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. It's been really a, a great adventure. Um, we have no affiliation with the real great adventure. But just meeting so many folks, meeting some, getting some advice from different individuals, it's been really, really appreciated. One person in particular um, who does another podcast, Great Beer Adventure, from the Portland kind of main area, has been Amanda. Super helpful, giving some advice. The reason we connected is, which uh, first was even more flattering. She had reached out because she's putting on a weekend of beer up in Maine called the Beer Geek Retreat, and she had asked us to, to come up and participate in that, which uh, due to family obligations, we will not be able to do this year. But if you go to beergeekretreat.com, you can find out more information about that, and I can guarantee we will be a part of that in the future. So it's just really nice. All the people have been super helpful trying to build something here and glad you're a part of it. Like I said, we're here each and every week. You can find us on the website every Tuesday. We post um, the visual and text version of the interview. Try to update the, the social sites with some interesting either pictures or maybe some comps that we got of, of folks or just some interesting stories of what's going on. Try to integrate the live to, to show you some of the cool beers that we're drinking and just keep things keep things interesting. Friday morning is when the podcast hit the, the podcast network, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, iTunes, whatever whatever you use. I wish I could rewind that one, just delete it. I guess I could even. Uh, I don't know if you're going to find us in like Pandora or Spotify. I think we're not at that tier yet, but whatever. We're cool. You're cool. You cool, man? Cool. So, thank you once again. This was episode number 19, Diese Nueve, right here, 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Make sure to remember that these are the artists that help bring your favorite beer and breweries to life. So, until next week, folks, see you. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Adios. Close, close it down. Last call. Please. Go home.